Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Should I buy it, though? I'm Giancarlo Herrera, a 14-year-old boy that several adults will willingly attempt to murder. (laughs) Hello, my name is Nicholas Palazzo, and my friends are my power. Hi, I'm Amanda Facosta, and, um, I don't know how to do this properly, actually. It's... (laughs) I'm TJ Berry. (laughs) See, that was good. And this week, we're talking about Kingdom Hearts. Yay! Finally! The original one. The time From what year, Palazzo? Oh, from from what year? 2002? 2002. 2002, got it. We've been playing a lot of, like, 2002, 2003 games. I think this might be our earliest game. This or Morrowind, right? Uh, Morrowind by far, I think. Oh, really? Okay. Or maybe. maybe, No, actually, no, probably not by far. Like, around the same time-ish. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so welcome. Yeah, we are, um, we're going to be talking about this game today. Uh, For context as to, you know, who played it and whatnot, uh, I played it on the Xbox One, the Final Mix HD, whatever. It's on Game Pass. So for, if any of you are Game Pass subscribers, uh, pretty much all of the Kingdom Hearts games are available to you at no additional cost. Uh, It's included in that bundle, which I think is pretty cool. Um, that and is I still played... so weird for me to hear. Kingdom Hearts on Xbox. <laughs> I never thought that would happen. It did. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and I played, uh, I want to say, like 90% of it on stream. Unfortunately, I did not get to the finish point, uh, but I'm like one world away. Uh, I'm about 16 hours in. Uh, over on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Productions, where we stream every single day. Yep. And I, I have played it on pretty much every generation of console since its conception, PS2, when I was a wee lad, five, six years old, then on the PS3 when the Final Mix version of America came out, then on the PS4 again when the Final Remix came out for that, the whole Kingdom Hearts package, like, yeah, I'm a big fan. And for those of you that don't know, in our first ever episode for this podcast, I said Kingdom Hearts 2 was my favorite game of all time. Kingdom Hearts 1 probably means the most to me for, like, nostalgia and sentimental reasons. So, yeah, that's a fun fact about myself. There you go. Yeah. Oh, um, just for context, because uh, I don't think I, I said it, but my playthrough on stream was my very first playthrough of the game ever. I had never touched right. a Kingdom Hearts game in my life. Context. I, although, um, I don't even know if I should comment because Palazzo says I don't count. So, um, <laughs> that's just, but you know, it's being... fine. It's kind of how I feel like in this entire, um, podcasting group, but like, it's totally <gasps> fine. Like, it's like, <laughs> oh, what? You're going to gasp? Really? Get out of here. All of you. Listen, I did play this game when I was a wee lass with, um, my ex stepsister because she was a big fan of the Kingdom Hearts games and, um, I spent a lot of it jumping in, playing with her and her teeth. This is basically how I think um, that was a good introduction, introduction game 
to just gaming. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so I would often like watch her play and she would let me play. Not that I was any good, but um, but yeah, that I remember. I will get there. Doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, for our generation, it. it's like baby's first RPG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a. Hey, I'm not part of that generation. I played it when I was like 12 years old, but uh, I I love it. I played it on basically every system. Um, I've played almost all of them, but good times. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah. So I I think we have a an interesting mix of opinions here of the person who has like distant memories of the game. Uh, the like ultra fanatic, someone who played them as they released. I, I don't know, TJ, if you've replayed them or anything like that, but I, um, and then from my perspective, someone who is just now revisiting this, uh, nearly 20 year old game for the very first time ever. Um, so definitely a very different, um, connections to it. But for anyone who may not know what the game is, uh, the game is essentially a mixture of Final Fantasy and Disney, um palazzo i don't know if you want to elaborate on that in any way but yeah yeah that was the yeah you got it essentially the pitch when this game came out it is a mixture of disney properties and final fantasy because brief backstory um back in 2001 2002 the square enix building in japan which used to be squaresoft shared the same exact building of disney in japan they were in the same Mm. building and one day a square enix executive walked into an elevator with a disney executive they got to chatting really hit it off and they're like hey we should totally make a video game together and they're like yeah we totally should so you know one thing led to another and then boom kingdom hearts was born it's of course its own thing like kingdom hearts is its own property but when it was initially made it's like we're gonna put together things from final fantasy and things from disney and mash it into one game cool yeah well uh i actually kind of want to give you the floor to to lead this discussion on the different stuff you want to talk about because i feel like uh you and i i suppose tj might have uh some of the most knowledge on it yeah Oh, my God. Oh, where do I begin? (laughs) There's so much. Um, Let's start with, I mean, in honor of a new Kingdom Hearts game that's coming out this week, actually, Melody of Memory, I think the best place to start would be with the music, if that's okay with you guys. Yeah. Because for me, this is some of the best music in video games. For, For me, personally, Yoko Shimamura is the composer. She is a goddess with the violin and all instruments. Um, but yeah, really like she sort of perfectly captures the essence of what each Disney world in this game sort of stands for the themes of the locations you go to and all that. And, um, the music is just, it's very present. It's like its own character. I feel like wherever you go in the game and I think it's wonderful. So I was curious to see what you guys thought about the music in your experience. (laughs) Can I just say really quickly, um, this is such a stupid (laughs) anecdote, but when I was a child and when I, you know, played Kingdom Hearts, um, I would go on YouTube and there was this one specific video that it was for, it was the theme song for Kingdom Hearts, but it was the video that I, I couldn't stop watching it and it was all Kingdom Hearts. It was just like cutscene, not even cutscenes, but just like clips from like the game, but it looked like a movie trailer. And for whatever reason, 
I would never, like, I would watch that when I got home from school, and it would always just make me feel really happy. And also, like, yes, the music is great. So, I don't know. Was it uh, simple and clean, the opening cutscene with all the weird Uh, stuff going on? Yes. I want to say yes. So, that was... Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. All the opening intro songs and cutscenes in the Kingdom Hearts games are actually done by a Japanese pop singer, Yutada Hikaru, does all those songs. Um, Yoko Shimamura does the instrumentals and all the rest of the music in the game. But that particular opening theme that you're talking about in all mm-hmm. the games is Yutada Hikaru, who is a Japanese pop singer. Pretty popular one, too. I, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a an interesting take. Um, okay. <laughs> I actually think that what you said was pretty spot on on that. I do think uh, the composer did an excellent job of capturing um, pretty much each world. Like the music felt like, you know, for the Disney worlds in particular being like, it felt like part of that world. Um, I, as someone who, I guess more context on me, I like Disney. Um, I'm not a Disney like crazy like person. Most of the worlds, I'm like, cool, I know I've seen this movie at some point in my childhood. I could not tell you when or, like, certain plot points to save my life. Like, I'm that kind of person. Um, And so, like, if you had told me that the music was straight out of, like, a movie or something, I would have believed you. So, absolutely does an excellent job of of capturing that essence. Just personal taste-wise, though, uh, music's not my favorite. Uh, it has some good songs and stuff, but just like I think this style of music just isn't for me. Like, uh, there's kind of a hub world that you re- return to a few times throughout the game called Traverse Town, and I found the music in that world so grating, especially oh, no. because you, you go you go to like a cutscene and it's like they're talking about this super dark, serious stuff, and it's part of you know the age of the game, which is going to be a recurring theme throughout. But like the moment the cutscene's over, it's this super upbeat, like in your face music that I'm like, oh my god, please stop! Like if it feels like when you have a kid and you're playing like I don't know, like Little Einstein or something, it's just like on loop and it starts driving you crazy. That's what that started feeling like to me. Granted, I'm like that with just. I don't know. Maybe it's just it's just a little too much. That's the same reason I had to turn yeah. the Fall Guys music off. That's fair. Um, so it's just it's a matter of personal taste. But I do think it was like expertly crafted for what they were trying to achieve. I will say this game in particular is very heavily geared towards children, a lot more than the rest of the games in the series. So yeah. a lot of the music is jollier. It gets darker as the series goes on. But no, that's totally fair i get what you mean absolutely that's me in atlantica that world you didn't get to experience (laughs) it but i hate going there because the music just plays on loop over and over again and it annoys the hell out of me but yeah i get you some of the more epic songs though i really like um i like the the battle theme in neverland is pretty cool uh i think i enjoyed most of the music in uh, a world called hollow bastion Yes, was uh, it wasn't like memorable. I wasn't like, oh, this is a crazy good song, but like it, it fit and it didn't bug me or anything. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's very well done. Maybe just not to my personal taste. Uh, fun fact: all the music in this final mix version you played. Just you know, for background, final mix is the re-release of the original mm-hmm. game with added cutscenes, added um, bonus content. Um, you know, after you beat the game, you get to do extra stuff. Just everything's upgraded in every possible way. And for the PlayStation 4, when this came out, you had 60 FPS, all bells and whistles. That's what yeah. Final Mix is. Um, for 
Kingdom Hearts 1, they lost a lot of the original stuff that they had with that oh. game. So all the music you heard is modern orchestrations of nice. what they did with the original game. So it's all redone music. And you could go on YouTube and look up videos of like, this is what the original PS2 music sounded like, and this is what the modern orchestration sounds like. Some people prefer one over the other, but I just think that's really cool that they put all this effort into redoing a 2002 video game. Like That is incredible. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. TJ, uh, <laughs> any thoughts on the music, or should we maybe move on to a, a new category? Uh, um, I would just move on to the next category, but the music is really nice. I enjoy it. Um, it's nothing that really stands out for me other than like the opening theme, mm-hmm. obviously. But um, all the music really fits each world nicely. Yeah, for sure. Um, should should I segue into the next Please category? Do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Please. Okay. So, um, basically, what this game is about for those of you that don't know, it's about a boy basic anime hero boy um going from world to world each world being disney worlds trying to seal these little keyholes because darkness the darkness of all the worlds are entering into each of them and sort of like corrupting them so it's basic anime plot hero boy saves the light (laughs) from the darkness vanquishes the darkness bada bing bada boom except you know all these disney characters are following him around and interacting with him in addition to final fantasy characters so i'm wondering how that concept worked for all of you guys because that is the story is as basic as it comes but do you think the story itself sort of elevated to that bar above basic anime mode. Like, did this do something different for you guys? I'm curious about that. That is a good question, and I think it plays uh, into a lot of narrative stuff and gameplay stuff, so yeah. Yes, absolutely. Honestly, as a, as a, as a child, I just really liked um, the idea of a game, Disney and all that tying together. I was just like really into it. <laughs> um, I was also into anime at that time as well because, again, my stepsister, um, int- she introduced me basically to all of that. So that was like my first take on it. And, um, yeah, like I thought... I thought it was really cool. I don't think I got that deep where I was like, the light and the dark, and this is, this is the hero boy, and this is how it's good. Like, I definitely don't think, like, that registered. Um, but I do know that I thought it was pretty neat. So. Because <laughs> if this was... Pretty neat seal of approval. <laughs> if this was, like, your first experience as a child in a video game like this, in a JRPG world, getting to go to reconstructed zones of your favorite Disney movies is pretty, like, mesmerizing. I know when I was a kid, when I was in that Peter Pan world for the first time, I was just blown away because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in Peter Pan. I'm on a ship. I'm on a pirate ship. I can fly, all these different things. Like, it, it sort of captures that whimsy that you may feel from watching a Disney movie, except you're living it you're playing the game and um it's in this context of kingdom hearts and its original story so you're sort of engrossed in that world as well you know i think the combination of those things are great certainly and and i think i mean that's the draw for a lot of people i would assume adults as well just uh if you're a disney fan like you're probably drawn to this because of just the sheer density even if you're not into all of them 
Uh, if you are a fan of Disney properties, especially across the three games, there's a good chance that there's something that you're interested in at least well, one of the games. Twelve games, but who's well? Counting? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's a whole different podcast, different um, discussion. <laughs> yeah, I will say for me, I thought that the the inclusion of the Disney worlds was very uh, was obviously very interesting. I wasn't sure what to expect of the worlds and how they played into everything. I thought it was a an interesting choice. Not a bad choice, but maybe not the strongest choice to basically have you play like... It was essentially the plot of the movies, but like fast-forwarded and cut down. And then they threw in the Kingdom Hearts stuff as well. Um, so I thought that was an interesting choice as opposed to having it be its own thing. Plopping you down kind of in the middle of the movies and kind of assuming that you know the story. Which I mean most people would, so that's fine. Um, but the overarching plot of, you know, Sora, the protagonist and his friends and that whole thing, that like generic anime plot, I will say, I don't think it did anything different for me. I I really didn't find that it rose above, not to the, you know, it wasn't bad. I wasn't like, you know, oh, hey, I hate this story, but just, uh, I just kind of didn't care beyond just like being like, oh, I want to keep progressing through the game. I want to see like you know, the next villain, the next whatever. But as far as the story itself, like, emotionally, I didn't find, like, none of the cutscenes held any weight with me and that sort of thing. You seem um, to care a lot more about the actual Kingdom Hearts stuff, like in Hollow Bastion or the scenes in Traverse Town, than a lot of the Disney stuff you were going through. At least to me, that's what it seemed like. Really? I, because I think I, it was kind of the opposite. <laughs> was it? I don't know. You seem more engaged in the scenes that you came across in Hollow Bastion versus just okay. Sora's talking to Captain Hook. Time to move. Was on. it? Was it because I was it because I was yelling at uh, at Sonic? Quite possibly. I don't know. Uh, that was. I think that was more for the meme of it. But emotionally, like I, I couldn't care less about Sonic. He um, calls Riku Sonic, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, Sonic is... It's not actually Sonic. It's a different character who, for some reason, I started calling Sonic. Um, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was funny, but, like... It, I, I just, like, it wasn't... I feel like once you grab me, like, you have me, and it's very easy to, like, make me feel stuff once I'm there. Uh, I just feel like the game didn't grip me. Maybe the beginning was just too... It wasn't, like, strong enough. Like, it was just like, oh, they're friends, and you're supposed to care just because they're your friends. And it didn't, like, show enough for me to be like, but why do I care? Like, why are they my friends, you know? Um, Maybe I'm sure that gets explored as the lore expands in future uh, sessions and all of that. Um, It, again, not bad, just... Nothing special. Gotcha. Um, did anyone else have anything on story? <sighs> no. Not really. I, All right. Yeah. I, I think, you know, they, they made good choice, especially, again, considering the time. And I think, depending on who you are, like, this is a, a mind-blowingly cool game. Just... The simple aspect of having all these worlds to visit and getting to see these characters back, yeah, like how like, is very yeah. cool. And this uh, is I just think there were stronger in this choices world that could is really have been cool. Made. Just right, like, gotcha. especially like growing up around that age, just because like that's when a lot of anime was actually first starting to come to America and like actually become like popular. And that's when they mm-hmm. that's around the time when they started doing like Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. So it, um, got really involved in like Japanese culture kind of stuff i've also always been like a, like i'm not like a super huge disney fan but i've always really enjoyed like disney movies and uh, like i grew up on all the disney movies 
And then just like the Final Fantasy aspect, just because like I've like always um, one of my first Final Fantasy games I actually started on eight and then kind of went back and then forward. So it was really cool to see like a bunch of characters that I already knew and already recognized from like seven stuff and eight popping up and you're just like oh snap like oh this and all that and it's like yo this kid's interacting with donald like what's going on and like like mickey mouse is out here like <laughs> beating people up like what's going on here so i always thought like the story itself was kind of cool how they blended everything together and i think yeah i agree tj the they use really basic anime themes in this game love and friendship are the two biggest ones and you could really fall into a hole of like this is yeah super, and that's like super, super classic but like I, I, shonen anime like 14 year old kid gets set out on an yeah. adventure but I think they use the characters in this game to kind of express that in subtle ways some not so subtle ways like my friends are my powers like all right, but they use <laughs> characters like Riku and Kairi and sort of um, Sora's interactions with them and Donald and Goofy as well to really um, show the progression from beginning to end of the game, how much friendship matters to Sora and how it sort of affects you. Even in just the character of Donald, as stupid as it is to say, at the beginning, <laughs> there's a lot of animosity between him and Sora. Like, yeah, And you wouldn't be wrong if you decided to hate Donald at the beginning of the game. But you could see in different cutscenes as the game goes on, he gets really closer and closer closer to Sora to the point where when Sora's in danger, Donald's the first one to run up and try to help him out. Like, little subtleties here and there that like carry over those themes of friendship and love that you may not really pick up right away and without the game just kind of shoving it in your face so i respect it for that for sure sure uh it might be a little more gameplay than story but i think they kind of intertwine together in the fact that uh one of the more interesting mechanics to me was um there's the companion system throughout the game you usually have goofy and donald but you can build your party and swap it out and in each world you have the ability to have a different companion usually the protagonist from whatever world that you're on um and that to me seemed interesting i enjoyed getting to spend some time with each of the protagonists seeing what they were like in combat and also kind of what they had to say. i mean not that they had anything insightful to say but i don't know i i just i enjoyed having that it, it made me feel a little more uh I guess, immersed in, in, in the game. I, I like that aspect a lot. Even if you don't necessarily get to talk to them too much, just having them yeah. there did something for me. I mean, going into gameplay now, it's sort of hard to talk about this game after playing all the other Kingdom Hearts games because Kingdom Hearts 2 especially takes all my criticisms of the gameplay from this game and just makes everything better. Like, mm-hmm. so much better. So most of my criticisms are actually towards the gameplay. One of them being towards the companion system. Yeah, getting to interact with different Disney characters and having them be in your party is super cool. But it's almost pointless in this game because they have the Trinity system, which is one of the yeah. collectibles where you need Donald and Goofy to even interact with a Trinity marker. So that's sort of, you know, you wouldn't want to equip a different disney party member because you want to try to collect the trinities not only that but if you have a different disney party member in your party donald and goofy whoever's out of the party at that moment they're not going to level up with that disney character which is such a design flaw in my opinion they correct that in the future games but 
it, Donald and Goofy are going to be with you the whole time, so you sort of need to have them in your party so they're leveling up with you and don't become expendable, which they are, but don't become even more expendable. <laughs> I, I fell into the trap of after the first few encounters, I was like, Donald's useless. And so I just kept swapping him out every time I got to a new world. And so he just became more and more useless because yeah. I kept neglecting him. <laughs> it's true. Um, but no, when this game came out for me, when I was a kid, I thought it was revolutionary because I had never played a 3D action JRPG like this. So all the equipment and the stats and customization, putting magic on your shortcuts, all these different options was super overwhelming to me. But it sort of made me better at video games as my life has gone on because for like a little kid, this is a kid's game. It, all that stuff could be super tough to deal with. Like what for are stats? Adult. What are numbers? Yeah, for adults too, they struggle yeah. with it. This is not an easy game, not necessarily. And um, sort of juggling with all that stuff, I, I think it's super cool even like to have kids do that um but um my biggest complaint would probably be with how all the gameplay controls like the feel of sora actually attacking stuff all Mm -hmm. the abilities are neat the equipment is neat stats are neat but when that is not put into good use with the actual feel of the combat it's sort of like uh, you know what I mean? Like it, it does. It just doesn't yeah. feel good. When the game came out, it was again. I thought it was revolutionary and incredible. But you know what they say about hindsight? Like all the future yeah. games just do it so much better. And now in 2020, this gameplay does feel a little bit dated. I don't know if you guys agree. I mean, I wholeheartedly agree with you. You and I could probably spend hours talking about the gameplay mechanics. Um, I don't know that that is the most interesting podcasting that we can do, but uh, my overall experience with the game mechanically can basically just be summed up in the fact that, uh, again, while if you consider its release at the time, sure, like cool stuff, but as someone who, again, my perspective is I like this game has no nostalgic like hold over me or anything like that. And so from that perspective of someone just trying to enjoy a game, not like revisiting it. Uh, it shows its age heavily in a lot of different ways. Um, and they're not necessarily egregious, but it's enough to like really frustrate you at times. Yeah. Um, and so stuff like uh, one of the, the weird analogies I kept making, and I don't know why it is. Maybe it's just because I don't really play too many JRPGs and maybe Monster Hunter is just the closest it came to it. But the game really reminded me of like Monster Hunter World. If you like remove the polish and just like rusted it up a bit, you know, like it's like the bones are the same, uh, but the execution kind of like how you were saying the feel of it isn't right. Um, and I encountered that all throughout in like different aspects. Uh, the camera, I was I was fighting with it for at least 75 percent of the game. Uh, yeah, the camera is really rough. Combat is like you look at it and I'm like, oh, man, I see some good stuff here. Like I see like. Like, like a, I see a hint of something that, you know, 20 years down the road leads to Ghost of Tsushima, but we're not there. You know, it's one grain of rice in the, in the hibachi bowl. Like, um, you know, we're, and granted, age, but looking at it today, that's what it is. Um, and to me, the most egregious of, of all the problems is just the navigation in the game. 
both navigating physical spaces and navigating what you're supposed to do next. Missions have, uh, and if, I feel like it kind of gets better as the game goes on, but especially early on, or maybe I just got used to it, but especially early on, the game has very like obtuse ways of triggering like cutscenes to progress missions and stuff like that, to the point where like. I mean, straight up, uh, if I had not been streaming and I didn't have you guys in chat, and normally I'm very, very anti-spoiler, but for this game, I was like, throw hints my way, like, I just want to have fun. I I tried to come to this less with, like, a, I'm going to write down notes on every little thing and more like, I'm just going to have a good experience, like, whatever that means. And to me, the best way to do that was, I was like, yeah, throw hints at me, tell me where to go, I'll go do whatever, like, be. I was being very chill about it. And having you guys there really helped that experience. I think if I was playing it on my own and I was just running around for, like, an hour trying to figure out this and waiting for a cutscene to just accidentally trigger because I didn't know I was supposed to enter this tent, um, I, I probably would have quit the game kind of early on yeah that's fair and i think i told you this on stream your the version that you played is so much better yeah. than the version that i had as a kid you could not skip cutscenes at all yeah. i'm telling you like unwillingly i have the dialogue of this game memorized just because i had to sit through all those cutscenes before the boss fights over and over and over again yeah the um, checkpointing sucks because it throws you in very old school fashion you have to watch that cutscene again granted we can skip it now but it's still like even skipping it is still like annoyed me so when you told me that you couldn't skip it at all i was like oh my god yeah it's better now like the progression of if you played it back then and you've seen kingdom hearts sort of grow over the years you would think wow this game's great because all these new features but if you're jumping into it now yeah there's a couple dated things in there the camera too back in the old game the right analog stick did not control the camera it was set to the l2 and r2 buttons and they moved on a horizontal axis yeah um otherwise it was automatic so it was even worse back then believe it or not the manual controls that you have now are much much better um navigation is very i mean it's ps2 jrpg like they're not going to tell you where to go sometimes to a fault there's Mm -hmm. final fantasy games that are worse about that for me i think another bad thing about the gameplay is the platforming there's very very um janky platforming in this game the reasoning behind all of it was because i think the director namuro was a very big fan of mario at the time and mario was a very big thing um it still is but back then especially Uh, so they try to put a lot of platforming sections in there because it's like oh it's like a mario game people will like that but it was just not designed well sora would clip on the side of objects and not make jumps that he probably should and it was just more frustrating than not and again all these complaints that we're talking about literally all of them are ironed out in kingdom hearts 2 so they're listening they know what's wrong with their own game and they fix it but it's just unfortunate they still all exist in this game it's not a deal breaker like it's still fun like i think it's still better than a lot of other games but you know there's issues that could take away from your experience and john i think you made it harder on yourself actually um like a lot lot harder because at the beginning of the game you could pick between a sword shield and staff and that's basically how you're going to progress through the entire game shield gives you a defense boost sword gives you a strength boost and magic gives you a magic boost and then you throw one of the other things away he picked the magic boost and threw away the shield 
So he would die in two hits. That strat's good if you want to do a level one run or a speed run, but for a first timer in this game, oh god, like that's it, tough. And yeah, he er, picked, early on the first few bosses, I want to say it took me like pretty much an hour each, if yeah. not maybe longer on some. Uh, it was rough. And all the dialogue options you picked at the beginning of the game, you picked I think the third one for all of them. That Did was I? I think so. You um, basically set the leveling system. To where fifty level fifty to ninety nine would progress faster, but level one to fifty would progress a whole <laughs> lot slower. So you made it context, so much harder. I'm almost system. done with the game, and I think I'm maybe level forty. Yep. So <laughs> that happened. <laughs> That's hilarious. Wow. So I think you would have enjoyed it a little bit more if you went with like the shield or the sword or if you picked like faster leveling up because a lot of the abilities. In I had the sword, no idea that's what I no, was doing. Exactly. That beginning section is so like. They don't tell you it, at all. Yeah. Um, but the sword path and the shield path, they give you moves that make the combat a lot faster and a lot smoother. You were still basic slow Sora with the magic one, but you got Leaf Bracer early, which is a very useful ability. With the shield, you get things like Slap Shot, Sliding Dash. Um, you get a couple other, like Hurricane Blast early, which make the combat feel a lot more you know, snappy. Things were moving. Um, that might have made your experience a little bit better as well. Still not perfect, but that might have made yeah. it more fun. <laughs> I mean, that whole alphabet soup of words that you just said uh, brings up a really good point, I think, um, where even if none of that made sense to you guys, it, it brings up one of the, the the really good stuff about the game, I think, is that the combat actually does get pretty interesting as you progress and you, you get cool abilities and different ways of, a, of approaching the combat um, based on, you know, what you enjoy and what you've chosen and that sort of thing. Um, I enjoyed a lot of the abilities, especially early on. I know I was worried because the combat in the in the first few sections of the game feels very, very boring because it's very basic. Uh, but once you kind of get going, you get going, and it becomes pretty fun, especially, like, late-game bosses, like the area I'm in now. I've actually enjoyed uh, a lot of them quite quite a bit. I, I think they're well done, especially... It just takes a bit to get there. Um, yeah. But... I mean, that's not necessarily unique to this game. It's not even unique to this era of games, necessarily. Uh, I'm, I'm glad the, the combat gets as good as it does. Uh, even if I do kind of hate the uh, that system of, like, defeat all the enemies in an area, go through a door, come back, they all respawn. Uh, the game is definitely grindy like that, but I think that's part of the JRPG traits. Um so just because it's not for me, like I don't, I don't think that's anything to knock the game for. That's a good point, though. Not just with abilities, but this whole game is very. I'm going to use the word Metroidvania. It's not, but that mm-hmm. style of going to, you know, you start the game, you're very weak, very basic, you're very slow. The more you progress, you get new abilities, you get new items. You get like, you know, you can learn different color Trinity marks. And then once you have all this stuff, you go back to other worlds you visited and you're like, oh, I could do this now. And this unlocks this. There's so many different things that you could do the more you get through the game or like, oh, this uh, Coliseum's open up to me now. Let me go do that. Oh, it's still too tough. Let me go continue on, grind a bit, get new abilities that make me stronger to go beat that now. I love that sort of system of progression um getting shared abilities like high jump and glide because it makes you as the player and the character feel stronger as you're getting through the game you could 
physically see and feel the growth the whole time and i love that sort of gameplay yeah um i mean again for me like i don't dislike that uh there's a there's a there's so many different things we could talk about gameplay wise but like there's the whole aspect of like the gummy ship whenever you're traveling between worlds you have to physically fly places uh, and if you die you have to do it again and like oh, gummy i thought it no was bueno. <laughs> yeah i thought it was cute like it was a cute idea but i did not like it in execution and that made me super reluctant to go make any stops that were unnecessary to like right. my progression in the game right um on top of the fact that the the grinding itself unless it unless the grinding was part of like an arc that was overall more interesting but if i was just going to go fight enemies i found that kind of tiresome um but i do think you know your point stands about like increasing strength and how that feels good yeah but with the with the gummy ship the game's also aware of that that it's kind of slow and boring i think the idea behind it is so you could feel as a player like you are physically traveling absolutely to these different worlds but then you get the warp gummy from sid and it's like oh now i could just automatically zip to these places i've been again that form of progression progression the same thing with abilities it's like a mini ghost of tsushima you could apply any different combination of abilities and you could strategize in different ways against different bosses of how to tackle certain things like i helped you out with this last boss that you did and i'm like okay you gotta put on sonic blade take off stun impact stock up on elixirs do this do this but that's just one strat there could be an even better one that i don't know about there's tons of different combinations you could do with these abilities it's I, I love options in games, and this game gives Certainly. you plenty of options. Uh, TJ and Amanda, I'm curious what, like, for you guys might have been highlights or uh, lowlights, I guess, of the uh, the gameplay mechanically and, and that, you know? I mean, I think TJ will probably have more to say on this than I do, again, because I was just a wee lass when I played and didn't know, you know, what about what. So, um, but I remember I did have fun. Uh, I remember having and a that's lot of what fun. matters. That's what matters, you know. Um, yeah. Definitely also had a lot of struggling. Let's be real, because I mean, I still struggle now. So it's not an easy game. It's no. not. It's not. Definitely not. But it is fun. So <laughs> pass it to TJ, though. Um, mechanics-wise, um, see when when you very first played back in like PlayStation Two. Um, like, it was cool, and you were just like, oh, this is all interesting, but when you actually go back and you play, especially after you've played the other games, the mechanics definitely feel, like, super wonky, a little bit out of control, uh, it definitely needed tweaking, and obviously, they realized that, because if you play the other games, they improved on it, like, by a lot, um, but, like, overall, like, it doesn't really take much away from it. It's just, like, while you're playing it, you kind of have a sense of it just, like, I feel weird and I don't know why kind of thing. Yeah. While you're just going around, like, attacking and stuff. Certainly. Well, that's all I have to really say about I, th- I, I think I think that's a good summary of, you know, I feel weird and I'm not yeah. sure why. <laughs> uh Absolutely. And because sometimes simple things are, like, stupid frustrating. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I well, I, I I've said it already, and we'll say it again. But it's just it's a result of the age. Like yeah. I I would be interested to see if they did like a a remake of this game to oh. see how much more polished it could be. Also, yeah. like it's also, also weird it is... that the attack button is Sorry, X. Go ahead, DJ. <laughs> 
It's so weird. I was literally fighting that. My brain was fighting that for over half the game on Xbox. It's A, which to me, it, like my head, that's yeah. jump. And I, it killed me so many times because I would just press the, the wrong button to do the, so you know, badly. I was doing the wrong thing. Yeah, it, it was rough. Uh, if anything, that might be my biggest complaint. <laughs> <laughs> this game, though, has a certain charm that I don't think any of the other Kingdom Hearts games have nailed since uh, in world design and in the story. It, it's so simple, but I mean, little things here and there, like there's a fire door. Oh, I cast fire on it. The world design elements like that, or casting your blizzard spell on candles and you unlock a chest, um, d- different tiny things here and there details that they add, like finding the Dalmatians that mm, a lot of that cute. stuff, is sort of foregone in future Kingdom Hearts games because they focus so heavily on nailing the combat that a lot of worlds in the future feel sort of barren. They bring a lot of it back a little bit in Kingdom Hearts 3, but games in between there, it's like the combat's great and phenomenal. I love the story, but I wish I wish we had that Trinity system again. I wish we could find Dalmatians, all those little things here and there. So I do think this game is certainly the most charming of the bunch. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, are there any other categories that you feel like are, are worth making a little stop by? or? Uh, one big one, because this was what the game was really praised for back in the day, the art direction. Um, mm. For me, when the game came out i'm like this is the best looking game i've ever played and to this day i still think it's the best looking ps2 game i have ever played personally and this is sort of a trend with all the kingdom hearts games a lot of the disney worlds you go to um they they really try to nail the art style of those worlds and i'm like this looks exactly like the movie um i know we're not at kingdom hearts 3 yet but you know there's a toy story world in that game finally got a toy story world when the trailer for that world came out before the game released i was blown away i'm like this looks better than the movie i cannot believe it it looks even better than the movie does and then i looked back at kingdom hearts one i'm like wait that's sort of a trend that's been going on since the very beginning a lot of these uh worlds look fantastic and the game itself looks fantastic bright colors the 3d models are pretty good not the facial expressions but you know um and and yeah it's just a beautiful looking game uh for those of uh you that are not watching us on youtube and just listening on you know the podcast app of your choice thank you so much for listening by the way uh Giancarlo is uh as palazzo was talking about toy story 3 Giancarlo, for whatever reason felt the need to throw his hood over his head and slump in his chair like a grumpy cat uh, he loves Toy Story. That is, he. It's it's like how Palazzo feels about Fall Guys. He loves Toy Story. Whoa, um, so whoa, 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 whoa! My love for Toy Story is far more innocent than Palazzo's love for Fall Guys. <laughs> okay, yes, sorry, yes, not not. Yes. You don't want to give it's, Woody a handy. Know, it's, 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 anyway, it's around that level. It's pretty, Please pretty intense. Never say that again. You don't want to touch Woody's Woody. Anyway, <laughs> I will. I will walk to your house. Anyway. You can give Buzz a buzz. Um, I think he's just sorry. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Anyways. I think he's just upset because he likes Toy Story and he didn't get to 
play Yes. It. I mean, not to okay. delve into my personal preferences, but a lot of my greatest loves are things that are Disney properties, but that are not like Disney creations. Like a lot of Pixar and stuff, but Toy Story is definitely number one up there. Uh, and so the fact that there is a Toy Story world, but it's not for several games is uh, upsetting. Gotta get um, there. Anyways... <laughs> But to your point, I absolutely do think that you're right about the uh, the art direction. I, I, I think they nailed it. And you would kind of expect so when they're messing with Disney properties. I'm sure Disney had some lawyers in the room or whatever, something like that. Um, but I, I, I do think they nailed it. And uh, on your other point, the facial animations in this game are the stuff of nightmares. Absolute nightmare. I mean, the mouth animations kind of suck sometimes, which whatever. But like anytime Sora smiles with his teeth... I want to, like, call my mother and, like, run away and cry. Uh, <laughs> it is horrifying. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all I got to say on what you said. That That is a good point you brought up, though, about... I, you mentioned something about Disney. Disney had a very big role in this game. Um, I would usually Square, so, yeah. Square Enix does weird stuff and very dark stuff. So Disney was very, very strict about what they could and couldn't do in this game. Uh, originally, Mickey Mouse was going to be the main character wielding the Keyblade, not Sora. And uh. Disney was like, no, 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 no. This is going to be a fighting game where you kill things. Mickey is not the main character. Um, Namura, the director, had to fight to get Donald and Goofy as your team. Um, Sora was originally going to wield like a, a chainsaw-looking weapon. And he was going to be like a lion creature. They had to change all that to make it kid-friendly. There were so many different things that had to get scrapped just to appease the Disney gods. Um, But eventually, they got a good product out there. And since Kingdom Hearts has built up traction over the years, Square Enix has been able to do a lot more. Um, They've been able to play with it more, do more dark things here and there. They finally managed to get the license to Pixar properties um, because that was a whole legal battle back then. It was supposed to be in the first or second game i think and it didn't come out till the third game so disney's like you know this game is making us a lot of money so yes you could do whatever you want (laughs) go ahead you know but uh yeah yeah interesting yeah i mean i i i could have told you this but it's interesting to hear like the actual anecdotes but um yeah i I can imagine it's not easy getting the mouse to lend Mm -hmm. you its properties no um yeah, I don't know. Does, does anyone have anything else they want to hit before we go into a vote? Or Any questions from anyone? Um, the bonus content you missed, unfortunately. Hopefully one day you'll get to it. But these games, these, this series as a whole, has some of the best bonus content you could find in any game. Um, sometimes you'll bang your head against the wall for a lot of the secret bosses. <laughs> like yeah. Tetsuya Nomura's concept for the Kingdom Hearts 3 secret bosses. He was like, I want the fans to cry. That's how hard I want you to make these bosses. Um, so he gets a little sadistic with it, but there's so much you could do after the games, which is awesome because I love replayability. I love playing games after I've beaten them. Um, While that may not be yeah. my cup of tea, I will say that as far as like additional content, um, I'm not a crazy completionist. Uh, you know, when it comes to collectibles, usually if I see them, I'll grab them, but like I'm not crazy about it. There's one collectible thing in general. They, they did a really clever thing yep. uh, involving a book. And oh, yes. I didn't have the time on stream to like dedicate myself to it, but I I feel wrong leaving it uncompleted. Oh. I feel like I need to. Do I it hope at some you point. do because like the ending of that arc is so sweet. It is so, I can so imagine. sweet. Yeah. yeah, 
so yeah, I mean, you know, stuff like that, the stuff they do well, they they do well and it holds up well. Uh, the game just kind of, uh, in some areas, definitely shows its age as well. They're really good at sadism um, with I the guess, extra stuff Unless I have too, any objectives. Um, a lot of times they'll give you extra content on like basically leave you on a cliffhanger and you're like all right cool so when's the next game and then they just won't announce the next game for decades <laughs> oh the secret yeah. movies you're talking about yeah the, at the end of all these games they give you like a secret movie that is more confusing than the opening movie like, <laughs> what the hell is going on what does that mean what is this what is that and it, oh my god tetsuya namura has he has a parasitic dick and it has me by the balls and like these secret movies even if you think the whole game is like crappy these little tiny little clips these one minute clips i'm like oh but i need to know what the next game is about i know it was a weird analogy is a parasite when he said that the cringe on his face and amanda just went blank like what <laughs> but also but, like i get it i understand the need to use analogies but when you're passionate about something it always turns so like weirdly sexual. violently sexual <laughs> and it confuses me sometimes anyway it's that hook it's the thing that grabs you i don't know how he does it but he does it always makes apparently says, come palazzo <laughs> put it in yes. my head you already know what i want <laughs> anyway <laughs> Oh man, um, but you got your point across. I I yeah. understand what you mean. See, see, huh? huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, so unless we have any objections, yep. I think we might be in vote territory. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. In the case of Kingdom Hearts, how do we vote? So before I give my verdict, I think this game in particular is one of the votes with the most ca- caveats uh, as far as like yes and no for people. And, and I feel like the, the, the final vote might be a little reductive. So I, I think it's worth discussing who should buy it maybe. In, in my opinion, again, if you're like me and you're coming into it now for the very first time. Um I think the game does some stuff really fantastically. Uh, it, it's a really cool concept. Um, if, you know, even if they didn't make the strongest choices, I still think they made good choices overall. Uh, and while I had no real expectations, I don't know, you know, what I expected coming in, but I actually found myself having a good bit of fun, uh, more so than I expected, especially towards the latter half of the game. Um, so that is more than I expected from the get-go. Uh, especially because I really did not enjoy the opening section of the game. So so it did win me over there. Uh, I think if you are a Disney fanatic, like, you know, you're crazy about Disney, I think this is, it goes without saying that, like, this is your kind of game. I, you can probably get over a lot of the, the stuff just because you, you will probably enjoy each world so much that it'll motivate you to keep moving, especially because even just the reveals of what world you arrive at next are cool moments. Um, if, like... I don't know, like your partner or whatever is a big Kingdom Hearts fan and you're not necessarily, but they're like, oh, like I really want you to play with whatever or even a friend, whatever. Um, I could see that being like a really great experience as well, having that person to guide you along. And I'm really glad that I had, 
I'm really glad I streamed this game instead of playing it on my own because it approximated that kind of experience where I had people with me kind of guiding me and we were interacting and kind of enjoying that game together. I think that is a whole bunch of fun. Uh, if you are someone who is not like a Disney fanatic, like you're just, you could kind of care less about Disney uh, and stuff like that, game's probably not for you. And I think a lot of the the older stuff will probably turn you off to it early on and you might not get to the point where you enjoy uh the later stuff in the game so all of that said i I think that's enough information for people to kind of make up their minds uh my official vote is uh i think the game is a whole bunch of fun but i also think that it has a lot of low points uh particularly Again, as a factor of age, so it makes it a little more complicated. And ultimately, I think for the average person, uh, assuming that you don't have particular affinities or anything, I would say it's a not buy just because of the age. Uh, like I, I think it's frustrating enough that you would probably not be motivated to continue through the experience. Because had I not had people on stream, had I not been playing it for the show, that would have been the case for me. So it's a do not buy for me, unfortunately. I feel kind of bad about it. Wow, I was okay. not expecting that. I'm gonna be honest. Is yeah. it my turn? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is the second best PS2 game ever made. The art direction's beautiful. The music's fantastic. The story makes you feel certain things. Like if you're just feeling sad, you could turn to this game and play it anytime you want, and it'll uplift you immediately. It is so charming. Um, if you're a fan of RPGs, JRPGs, like you'll definitely love this fan of Disney, which I think the average person is, you're going to adore this, even despite the frustration. And I think if you enjoy the game enough, some of those navigation issues, you're going to want to take the time to figure it out and do it. Um, like, I think we were sort of constrained to a time limit, which might have been like adding to the frustration, but like. I check this game out guys it is something else it is a beautiful experience if you have someone that adores this a partner or a friend like play it with them if you've never played it before um yeah this is absolutely must buy 100 percent. yeah definitely i will say for t no i'll say tj go next because technically um my vote isn't um my vote doesn't count that's not even me being like, my vote doesn't count. No, that's me just being like, no, I think TJ, I think it's, it makes the most sense. <laughs> no, it's you being an American. <laughs> uh, never, never call me that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, I will say that uh, this does appeal to certain types of gamers um, and certain types of people would play it. But I do think that while it's definitely more enjoyable playing it with or around someone who has already played the series i think you could have a lot of fun uh yourself um it's definitely one of those games where other people are drawn to it because it's because they have that nostalgia factor and also you can get a version of it uh called the all-in-one i believe for like 30 dollars, and it comes with mm-hmm. basically every game in this series plus like a little video yeah, that like shows yeah. you because it's a long series um um, hours and hours yeah. of content to like get you caught up, but um, I think it is a great deal. Phenomenal Thirty dollars for basically like what is it nine? I think it's more than that. Like six games. 
Yeah, yeah it's like six games it's and three lot. movies. I um, think. It might even be. But I think like anybody can have fun doing it. Like even unless you're like I absolutely unless you absolutely hate Disney and you're just like I can't stand any of that like kid stuff. I think you have a lot of fun playing the game. Um, granted, you just have to remember that it is even if it is um, like updated, it's still based on a very old game. Um, but no, I think it's a buy. I think you should, everyone should at least play it, um, pick it up. If you don't like it, you can always. I guarantee you, you can always resell it to someone who will enjoy it because people are always looking for more Kingdom Hearts stuff. But I definitely think it's a buy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Amanda, I, I I still want you to give us your vote. Uh, it's a buy. I, I would. I there we go. Say it's a buy. Yeah. It's a buy. It's fine. <laughs> I just I wanted to know as someone who like kind of played it, but you know, without I guess like as a child, like now as uh-huh. an adult, like would you buy it? You know? Would I probably? Yeah. yeah just because um, I, I like I, I'm a pretty nostalgic person. I think and. Um, I definitely, you know, my take on it as a child was just, this is cute, and it's Disney, and I'm having a good time. And I'm definitely not, like, a fanatic of Disney right, you know, now, at the ripe age of 22, but uh, <laughs> I, I would definitely still be interested, you know, to see how it holds up, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. It's yeah. Kingdom Hearts, and it's like, cool. it's Kingdom Hearts, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So in the case of Kingdom Hearts, you should buy it though. Go pick up your Keyblade and unlock. Also, for the record, as much as we uh, we like to joke about, like, oh man, your vote doesn't count. Well, like she'll say that. If Amanda doesn't like a game, it's usually not getting a pass. <laughs> like if she doesn't like it, That's if true. she doesn't Her vote like actually it, counts for it's everything. probably bad. And on I the inverse, if Nick says you he wants to buy something, exactly. then it's Which is buy. why we kicked him <laughs> off the show. No. It, I think it's really cool, the, the mix that we have, because we have three like indicators that are very kind of... Uh, I'm sure someone will attach to one of us and understand, yeah. kind of be like, okay, cool, I like your opinion. But then for the broad spectrum... You know, while it may not be an indicator of quality for every single game, if Amanda goes one way or goes the opposite of the usual or Benetatus goes the opposite of the usual, it's like, oh, no. Uh, okay, cool. Listen to that. Probably. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually I, I am glad that it got a buy uh, because, like, there are fun stuff in there. But just like gen- genuinely speaking, like as myself, I would not have finished the game uh, without Did- someone there to guide me along out of curiosity did it at least make you interested in potentially eventually checking out some of the other ones um well the next thing i was gonna say is i do intend to finish this game yes. at the very least and i'm i'm close um and particularly again <laughs> the hook i get the parasite here we go uh the lure of toy story is enough for me to be like what's going on you know i can't say for sure whether i'm gonna play the other games or when uh, but I definitely think they're on my list, especially since I have access to them through yeah. Game Pass. That, that's another kind. Like, if you have the time, if you don't have to pay for it, and it's just like it's there, it's free, it's on Game Pass. Absolutely, like at least try it, you know. Um, but I'm glad I went through this experience because I at least know that I don't hate it, and I actually kind of like it. Um, and so hopefully, future games will be even better. And I think those are more likely. Also, to get, if you like, continue playing, John, like some uh, of the games are, are completely as, yeah, different than say. this, and I feel like you might enjoy them better. Like I feel like 
like low key like Chain of Memories is one of the greatest ones that they made. Even though some people are just like, ugh. Yes, that's what someone was telling us in chat. Yeah, it is so underrated. People hate it for the combat, but I think it's great. I'm definitely interested in checking them out. I would love more like on show excuses to be like, cool. I don't have any other games I need to play for the show. (laughs) Every time we have a lull in the the weeks, we'll just throw another Kingdom Hearts game at John. (laughs) Christmas is right around the corner. I'm just saying. (laughs) <laughs> we'll have free time. I'll be on the phone with you. I'll watch you. I'll get you through Chain of Memories. We'll have a great oh, time. Oh, Nick, you, you take such good care of me. I love <laughs> me. <laughs> Amanda's shaking her head in disappointment. This is a good game, though. It's a good game. I, I mean, I'll agree with you that it's good. Um, and again, mainly for sentimental reasons, it's... I've basically grown up with this game. Like exactly. Me and, me and Sora are almost the same age. Not 14 <laughs> years old. I mean, like, since he was birthed in 2002 <laughs> all the way till now. Yeah. I am far from 14. 14. But, like, again, like, during moments where I'm sad or, like, when I first got to college and I felt, like, out of place, that transition is super weird. The um, all-in-one package came out, or the 1.5, 2.5 remix, mm-hmm. and I played those games again, re-experienced Kingdom Hearts, and it just feels good to have with you. I don't know. Love that yeah. for you. Thank and you. and thank you for suggesting the game. I'm, I'm actually glad that we, we got to play it on the show. Um, thank you all yeah. for voting for it. <laughs> no, of course. It was, it was an absolute pleasure. Uh, and thank you all for listening uh, or potentially watching. Um, if you are intrigued by our mentions of the streams, go check us out on twitch.tv slash whimsicproductions. We stream every single day. Uh, so go check that out. Um, also, I want to give a quick thank you to our patrons, Ann Baird and Jerry Benetados. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Um, we really appreciate it. It helps us kind of do what we do and uh, keep this running and all of that. So if you're interested in supporting the show, check out links in the show notes. We have a Ko-fi where you can make little donations uh, for a single-time donation. Uh, we have a Patreon where you can sign up and get access to cool stuff like our 24-hour impressions of new games like Spider-Man Miles Morales. We have an Amazon Prime account. Episode. You can subscribe to us on um, Twitch for free. Mm-hmm. exactly and that's a cool way to support the show as well you can resubscribe uh every month and then that way you're also you know you're getting notifications when we go live and you can come hang out with us and um i really do enjoy uh streaming especially we had some new people pop in for this one and being able to have that interaction and kind of experience the game together was uh, yeah. so much fun and i think it worked really well for this game um so yeah thank you all so much for listening we'll talk at you real soon goodbye Goodbye, friends. Bye. Oh, that was good. That was good. I wasn't expecting that.